Alexander. Shabbat for three. Bingo! Butler will get it for the win. Butler will get it for the win. Bingo! He is hard to believe. going on guys welcome back to dime dropper for our first postseason recap play in games after a little hiatus we are back and we are better than ever with real basketball being played tonight and hopefully it will continue this way because i am finally seeing some games that are making me excited to get on the microphone none of that bullshit None of that non-basketball three-point shootout, soft garbage, resting trash we watched all season. I saw some real basketball in these last 48 hours. And let's start with the game I just saw. The game of the season. The Lakers and the Warriors going at it at the Staples Center. Around 6,000 people at the game, a third of the Staples Center. And it did not disappoint the Warriors. What a start. And fight that they put up tonight from minute one Andrew Wiggins Kevon Looney Draymond Green on the defensive end came out with so much intensity Draymond locking up Anthony Davis whether it was one-on-one -on -one defense whether it was uh, verticality at the rim whether it was getting your hand in the passing lanes whether it was making the right rotations he was top-notch Andrew Wiggins on LeBron James unbelievable and he was going at him on the offensive end as well and then let's talk about Kevon Looney vertical offensive rebounds and then Steph Curry who got off to a slower start the Lakers were throwing two bodies on him a lot of double teams much more though in the first half hedge and recover uh, or actually for the majority of the game more hedge and recover which I always prefer is my favorite sort of pick and roll defense as opposed to just a straight trap because when the Lakers were doing that you know, Draymond Green and Kevon Looney aren't big threats offensively. So, you know, sometimes Stephen Curry was holding on to the ball because he was just kind of waiting to go one-on-one -on -one again. And I have to give the Lakers uh, guards credit. Even though Curry had his way with some had his way tonight, I thought that one-on-one, -on -one, for the most part, they did a decent job of making it a little hard, making him have to put the ball on the deck even more than, you know, he would normally do it. And... The Warriors just came out great. And the others, Kent Bazemore's of the world, knocking down open threes is really what got them a lead. And the Warriors, the Lakers just didn't come out with the right intensity at all. And Dennis Schroeder was missing open threes. You know, Anthony Davis was Anthony Davis was trying to get involved, but he was literally just shooting jumpers. And LeBron was doing what I like when he does. Like I, I say I praise Magic Johnson for doing this type of stuff, which is letting everybody get involved but the way lebron does it is very take turns when he lets people get off he just stands around that it's not the, the, the way curry does it he moves you know he's in the flow of the offense he touches the ball still you know it's not the same as the way braun does it and that's one of the things i hold against braun but regardless you know the laker role the players outside of lebron were not playing with the right you know, just weren't playing well in the first quarter, point blank. And the Warriors' defense was a huge reason why. The Warriors led 28-22 after one. I really love the effort from one Juan Toscano Anderson today, El Mexicano. 
He was fantastic. He's a hardworking player. He plays defense. He was on the glass tonight. Um, yeah, six rebounds to go along with nine points, and he was playing very good defense. LeBron, he just didn't look like he could get off the ground much this game. Um, you know, he, he was going into traffic, and he wasn't really getting over the top of guys. Uh, he was trying his little, you know, stiff arm shoulder into people stuff that, again, wasn't legal in the first 25 years in the NBA, but it's what he and guys like Giannis and Shaq have, you know, used, have become famous for is the tank that they are. And LeBron still had some great drives in the second half with that, but we'll get into that uh, a little later. But the Lakers, so I didn't think that, you know, Montrader was in the game. I thought he was very poor. I thought that he had one nice dunk, and I thought that he, for the most part, was not great on the glass. I thought that Kevon Looney was getting rebounds over him. Uh, I thought that he was, yeah, one of three, which is, and two of four from the line. He's usually very efficient from the field, and he only played 10 minutes. Frank Vogel had a tight leash with him, but I think that Frank Vogel made a huge mistake, again, not playing Marc Gasol. We've talked about this in the lives, and I don't think that that is going to bode well going forward for the Lakers, because, um, yeah, because... We know what, what he brings. And when Marc Gasol plays, he stretches the floor. He opens up the paint for LeBron, who loves a crowded paint. I'm sorry, <laughs> hates a crowded paint, loves an open paint to drive in. And Anthony Davis starts settling when he plays the four, which is what I've said repeatedly on this show. And everybody's okay with Anthony Davis playing like a two guard. I can promise you that. I can promise you that because the Lakers will not get this lucky going forward. Let's talk about the second half, though. This is one thing I didn't really love from the first half was that Kerr was taking out both Draymond and Curry at the same time. I didn't love that. and But the Warriors, Curry got started to get hot, though, in the end of the second quarter. One-on-one, -on -one, dancing, putting up threes, floater game. It was just awesome. And the Warriors led by, led by 11 at the half. But as we've seen so much this season... The Lakers in the second half have a tendency to just turn up that dial on the defensive end, and they did tonight. And I think it starts with LeBron. I thought LeBron's rotations were sharper. You know, when, when Curry made his initial pass, I thought he was sharp on those. So when they would trap, and Draymond wasn't, wasn't really a threat. 0 of 5. And here's the thing. Draymond played one of the greatest defensive games I've seen all season, if not the best. As I said earlier, I thought he was spectacular in every way and kept him out of the game in many ways on defense. But what do I always say about Draymond, Dime Rubber fam? You know in the comments. Um, when he doesn't score eight points or more, this Warriors team tends to lose. And tonight, he only scored two points and he was 0-5. Despite the fact that I think he had a very solid game, let's look at the line. Two points, 0-5. Nine rebounds, that's great. And he had some big rebounds where he had to battle. By the way, I loved, absolutely loved the physicality that was being allowed by the officials. Hand-checking. But more, more, they were still calling hand-checking fouls because, it's again, it's 2021. This is in 2003. But what I did enjoy was more contact off the ball, more grabbing jersey tugging, and fighting for rebounds, especially in the second half. And I think that that benefited the Lakers a bit because they like to play physical. Uh, they can get physical on defense. But what's funny is it comes from, like, the guards, the toughness of the Lakers to me. Like, the Wes Matthews, the Carusos, the Dennis Schroeder. Because I don't think Dennis had a very good game today. But I thought that in the second half, his defense was pretty good. Um, he made some boneheaded plays, though. And the Lakers, in general, they just can't shoot. So, and we've talked about it all season. We know this. We watch Laker games. So, that could be a problem going forward. 
the thing about the Warriors is, and this is where I think the game turned, because the Lakers started to get back in the game because of their defense. A lot, again, really good hedge and recovers. I thought Anthony Davis did a good job of stepping up onto Steph and closing the airspace, making sure that he did not get a clean look. And Steph was hesitant to shoot over an AD. And, you know, because Draymond and Kevon Looney aren't such big threats, he was able to get, and because LeBron was sharper on his rotations, that was giving AD the ability to get back in time and let a Laker player get back in front of Steph that was getting screened. And that's why I thought, I think the Lakers did a really good job with that. Caruso, Dennis Schroeder in particular. And let's talk about Caruso, who in my opinion was the player of the game for the Lakers. Despite LeBron's big shot that we'll get to in the, uh, at, at the end of the game, I thought that Alex Caruso was the only player that from the minute the tip he checked into the game for the Lakers, he wanted to win. And I don't mean, like, I'm not, and again, don't take that, misinterpret my uh, logic there saying, what do you mean he's the only one he wanted to win? Actions speak louder than words. And Caruso was the only one giving it his everything. Cutting, moving, you know, playing defense, going up for rebounds, making the extra effort. And Laker fans, there's a reason why they praise him so much because he's one of the best, I think one of the best defenders in the league, honestly. And on ball, perimeter defense, I mean, just phenomenal. Just phenomenal tonight. He was 4 of 4 in the first half. He was just playing so well. But in the second half, this is where I think that the, there were certain momentum things that changed the course of this game. And I think that one of them was when the Lakers were up, I think they were, no, down four. LeBron, it was on a fast break. He caught the ball and he had a wide open three and he didn't take it. He hesitated, passed it to Schroeder who missed. And then Curry, I think it was Bazemore actually came down and hit a three or Wiggins, one of the two. And Wiggins was spectacular tonight. Just spectacular tonight on both ends of the floor. And when he was going one-on-one -on -one against Braun, he was giving him the business. Um, I thought Jordan Poole was another one that was really solid, even though we'll get to it again, but he missed a big shot at the end of the game, but he had 10 points and four of nine from the field. I just thought that so many players for the Warriors tried so hard, but that was a momentum play that I thought the Warriors were going to potentially use to their advantage. But Frank Vogel called a good timeout when the Warriors went up seven. And then this is the play, in my opinion, that turned the whole game around. The score was 72 to 60. The Warriors were on a fast break. They threw the ball away at half court. And I am I think either Caruso scored a three or they scored on a putback dunk or something. And after that, the Lakers went on a run. Completely changed the game. And then LeBron came in. He started getting to the basket. AD was getting lobs. And the Laker defense allowed them to get in transition. And the momentum started to change. Then the Schroeder made a three. LeBron made a three. And Anthony Davis started hitting jumpers and why did that happen because the Warriors got careless with the ball you've got to give the Lakers credit for the way they picked up their defense I thought Wes Matthews came into the game in the second half and really gave him a nice lift on that end we've seen that recently over the last couple of weeks from Wes his defense has picked up he I mean he's a decent defender and he also hit a big three as well but Curry you know you couldn't put him on the bench too long because the Warriors just don't have that offensive firepower to keep up with a team like the Lakers when they're playing the, the level that they were in the second half. And when Curry came in, he managed to get them back in the game again and made it an unbelievable fourth quarter to watch. Uh, I thought Caruso, though, in that fourth... And by the way, the Lakers outscored the Warriors 35-24 in that third quarter. That's in large part to the turnovers. And Caruso, you know, I saw when Curry was getting... Again, I'll say this again and again. 
You know, when Curry gets hand-checked, it's a different story. And a couple times tonight when he got hand-checked, he either didn't get by his guy, he was forced into a tough three, one or two of which he made because he's still going to do that. And Caruso for one time forced a turnover, got him to dribble it off his foot, getting a little handsy there. And, you know, it's just a different level right there uh, in physicality that the refs were allowing, and I love to see it because we got some real scores today. You know, 100 to 96 in the Memphis game that we're going to get to after this one, after I finish talking about this one, and 103 to 100 in this game. Even in the pace and space, three-point chuck fest era, that, that's the score that came out. You know why? Because people are trying on defense and the refs are letting them play. Two things that I always talk about in today's NBA, but the modern NBA apologist fans want to say that I'm just hating. No, I'm telling the truth. And I'm going to actually appreciate when I see good fucking basketball, real fucking basketball. And tonight that was the case. You see how fired up I am? This is different. This is what I love. This is the real shit. This is real basketball. That's not that garbage I had to witness all season. The mood has changed at this podcast. This is different. This is what I want to see. So bravo to the officials. I know Warriors fans are bitching. Laker fans were bitching about the refs. But as a neutral, the Warriors lost the game with the turnovers. It wasn't no refs' fault, okay? The refs gave the fans the experience that we wanted. They let the boys play tonight. That's what we want to see. Anyway, set fourth quarter, though. The, the, Steve Kerr did not let his bench go on too long. He put Curry right back in that game with around 10 minutes to go in the fourth. And Curry was working his ass off, man. I mean, I don't think he was at fault at all for the loss tonight. Uh, he was getting in the paint. He was hitting big threes when it seemed like the Lakers were going to take advantage because LeBron in the fourth was starting to get going, and so was AD. And Caruso, I mean, was just un unbelievable. Six of 12 from the field for him. 14 points, three rebounds, two assists, three steals in a block. Wes Matthews was plus 17, the highest of any Laker in just 14 minutes of play. And he only had three points, but his defense and his physicality was just fantastic. And I thought that KCP had a good second half as well. He was putting good pressure on the ball, and he finished in transition, and he also was two of four from three, three of five from the field. I thought Drummond was very eh. I thought he had moments where he looked a little stiff, moments where Looney rebounded over him, but he also had some good moments where he protect the rim, protected the rim and got some rebounds as well. 4.7 rebounds, two blocks for Drummond. In just 17 minutes of play, I thought the Lakers did a lot better with 80 at the 5. This isn't news to anybody, though. Laker fans know this. I don't know why Vogel... Vogel is, did not do the Lakers many favors tonight, in my opinion, with the way he, he coached the game. And that's... Yeah, I, I just... That's what I think. Um, I thought that it was a very... It's crazy because Kent Bazemore seemed like he played so much better than 3 for 10. That's why you don't just look at field goal percentage because he had a very solid game. Um, but I guess he was... So he was three of five from three, so that means that he was zero of five from two. I don't even remember what sh I don't remember those shots. Like I can't think of them off the top of my head. But clearly, his two ball was a little weird. Also, speaking of two balls being a little weird, Steph Curry was getting so used to those threes that his mid range and his floaters looked a little weird. You know, the ones where he stopped and popped at the foul line or foul line extended uh, looked a little awkward. Either very short or long and bricks. So. That's why I like it when players diversify their attack. I know it's Steph Curry, and he had 37 points, and that's just – I'm picking and choosing there. But, you know, that's uh, just personal preference. Just personal preference. But um, he was he was electric tonight. And I thought Draymond, again, he worked so hard. But six turnovers is too much. And and even Stephen Curry, six turnovers is too much. You know, 37 points, 12 of 23 from the field, 6 of 9 from 3, 7 of 8 from the line, 7 rebounds, 3 assists for Steph. But 3 assists to 6 turnovers is not good. And there were times where Steph, 
you know, when they were throwing those two guys at him, made some errant passes, and he's not the best passer in the world. Um, but, hey, he's still good. I think the Warriors lost the game with the turnovers, but let's get into the play that this game will be remembered by. A scramble. And LeBron was kind of fucking up in the last... Like, in between his drives to the rim and before this shot, he was starting to fuck up. He had a one-on-one -on -one ISO situation in which he like literally wasted so much time only to pull up for a brick and then missed one out of two free throws at the line le one out of two uh which he is classic for and by the way can i just note something about the fact that where did all these warriors fans come from because this is this is what's about clipper fans being bandwagon you motherfucking warriors fans i went to 2014 playoffs i did not hear many of you there and this is a laker game mind you i heard a lot of Warriors fans tonight. I heard more boos for LeBron at the line than MVP chance. Laker fans, are you gonna take that? You gonna take Warriors fans being louder than you in our building? And when I say R, I mean Los Angeles, not Lakers or Clippers or, or LA Kings. You gonna take that shit? Because here's my thing. That just to, to me, this just shows me how much Laker fans truly love LeBron. They love him, but they don't love him like that. Because when Kobe Bryant played fucking 10 games in the regular season, he was getting MVP chance regardless of how much time he missed. Because there was an admiration for him. And here's the thing. I know a lot of Laker fans have that admiration for LeBron. But here's the thing. To light is LeBron in a nutshell. He did enough to win. He made some amazing backdoor passes in the second half. He turned it on. But this was a postseason game. Why do you need to turn on a switch, though? You're not going to get that lucky against better teams because Kobe didn't fucking do that in the playoffs. If he's playing bad, it's because he's bricking or he's trying too hard. And there's a difference in the way they respect him. And I can tell it. And any Laker fan was saying it. And LeBron did enough. And he made a Kobe-esque shot, a miraculous shot, where he got a taste of his own medicine, getting the ball at the end of the shot clock like that. But I'll tell you this. and I've, I said this in Who's the Goat? LeBron makes the shot that you don't expect him to make with less pressure because if he had missed that shot, nobody would have said anything. It was a bailout. But he made it and all power to him because that was an incredible shot and it won them the game. So bravo, LeBron. That was clutch. Ice in his veins. And first of all, I do not need to hear the excuses, okay? Because I don't want to hear about they don't look 100%. LeBron James averaged 24.5 points the last two games and got a near triple-double. And Anthony Davis went off for like nearly 50 against the Suns. So miss me with that bullshit. Because Paul George is not going to get that same benefit of the doubt as he did it last year. And Kevin McHale played with a broken foot. By the way, <laughs> don't ever. I better see AD win this championship. Do not ever compare him to guys like McHale when he's playing like that. Okay? I don't care. You got... Here's the thing, the standard that you modern fans, I, I, I guess you can call me a modern fan, I guess, I'm, a young, I'm young, whatever, but I watch old games, so you know, and I grew up in the 2000s. The standard you guys have is so low, because they got away with it tonight. But Anthony Davis, how many times did he have a little guy and he didn't do shit? That's an embarrassment. You think Juan Toscano Anderson and Draymond Green can hold Kevin McHale like that? Or Kevin Garnett for that matter? Or Charles Barkley? You think he would ever be that... Dude, he looked like he had a full meal at fucking Fogo de Chao or something. If, if you live in LA, you know where that is. It's an all-you-can-eat Brazilian buffet. But, like, he wasn't hungry at all, Anthony Davis. They turned up in the second half. That's cool. When you're already down 13 points. I guarantee you they will not be that fortunate against Phoenix. I can promise you that. They need to play better than that. They need to play at the level that they were playing at last year. The question is, can they play at that level with the short turnaround that they've got and the injuries that they've sustained? Here's my thing. I don't want to hear the excuses, okay? I don't want to hear the excuses. Um, 
LeBron and AD got to be better. But there are reasons why they aren't playing as well, and those are the said reasons. But an incredible game nonetheless. I think that's all I have. I mean, I've gone 20 minutes about this Laker game now because it was fucking electric. And bravo to LeBron. I think he turned around the second half. But my player of the game was about Caruso. It was totally Caruso. Uh, I just thought that he had the consistent energy the whole game. And I thought that he made such big plays. And I thought that Steph got fouled off the ball on the in, uh, on that last play. I thought they were grabbing him a little bit. Uh, I, I wish that they had let either called a foul or, like, not let that slide. But it's the playoffs. The physicality is going to happen. And, you know, I'm not one that likes physicality, so I can't complain about that. The final stat lines for the Lakers. Actually, let's go to the – I already said the Warriors ones. But the turnovers, 20. That's not going to win you a game on the road against the defending champions ever. So, yeah, that tells you the story right there. Anthony Davis still ended up with a great stat line. This is what I'm talking about. Same with Braun. See, this is what I'm talking about. 25 points and 12 rebounds. 10 of 24 from the field. 1 of 6 from 3. 4 of 4 from the line. 2 steals in the block. Yeah, that's not, I don't know. It's just not going to be enough against better teams than that, I can promise you. However, the other teams don't have as good a defenders as the Warriors, so we'll see. I mean, AD torched Phoenix for a reason. I don't know if DeAndre Ayton will be able to do him like that. But Jay Crowder did decent, at, at times, a decent job last year in the glorified summer league. Um, LeBron, 22 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists. So he got a triple-double. You guys can tell me how effective you thought that, like, the triple-double was. I thought the most effective thing was his defensive rotations in the second half and the big shot he made at the end and just his aggressiveness in that fourth quarter. Um, but what a game that was. It's the Lakers and the Suns now. Here's the thing. this I think if the Lakers played like this every game in the Suns series, they're going to lose the series. But I know that's not going to happen. I think they're going to slowly get back into form. I think that the Lakers will win the series in six games. Um, this is the best chance LeBron James has ever had to lose in the first round in his entire career. It is also the first time he's ever been a lower seed in the first round in his entire career. Which is an amazing fun fact, honestly. I think the Lakers are going to win in six, though, just because they're still the defending champions. They still have LeBron and AD. and It's awesome, though, because we haven't seen Chris Paul play LeBron in the playoff series in his entire career. Because Chris Paul's always been in the West. And having to play incredible opponents in the first round, not uh, teams with a Isaiah Thomas and Avery Bradley as their best player in the first round. Uh, he had to play the San Antonio Spurs that LeBron got his ass kicked by in the first round in 2015, and I attended every game. Um, speaking of which, uh, I'm attending, basically, I'm going out of town in two weekends for Memorial Weekend, so I won't be able to give you recaps that weekend. But I'm going to every Clipper home game of the playoffs, so you will be getting vlogs from the playoff games every game. I told you, we are going next level unmatched content for this playoffs. You will not get better. You will not get better. Because why? We've been following these motherfucking teams. I'm going to be there. All the games. Luca, we are coming on Saturday, baby. We are coming. 1.30. I'm so excited, man. I'm so excited to be back. We are going to be loud. We are going to be loud. Anyway, that's it for the game tonight, guys. 103 to 100. The Lakers don't move on to another record because the season's over. They move on to the playoffs. Thank you for the super chats, by the way, guys. Intel Wild, Hayden Sigurdsson. I did not see the Twitter, and I did not see LeBron's postgame interview. We are not Joe. There's no such thing as a 24-minute recap anymore, gentlemen. We're going as long as I want now. The podcast version of this episode will continue because we have other games to get to before we get to the live chat. And I see 69 of you guys, one of my favorite numbers, 69 of you guys 
right now in the live chat. So it looks like we got some great attendance for the postseason, baby. I'm just getting warmed up. I am just getting warmed up here. Memphis Grizzlies and San Antonio Spurs. I actually thoroughly enjoyed this game because it was another tightly contested defensive grind. And I didn't watch the first quarter in which the Spurs led by nine. I'm sorry, the Grizzlies led by 19. But I watched the second quarter, and here are some things that I noticed. DeJounte Murray was awesome. Or, no, was playing awesome for stretches. Um, not awesome in the game. But in the second quarter, he played well. He was getting to the basket. Even when he missed shots, it allowed guys like Keldon Johnson and Yaka Pertle to put back shots. Um, I liked his, you know, I like his in-between game, DeJounte Murray. Um, I really like that. And I thought that DeRozan, this is why I love me some Candace Parker. But this is why she lost credibility with the statement she made about DeMar DeRozan being, would have been one of the best players of all time if he was in the 90s. It doesn't matter what you have in your toolkit. It matters how often it comes out and against what level of competition. He... He, when, and I love DeMar. He, again, I have to say this every time to preface when I criticize him. He's one of our own. He's Compton. Straight out of Compton. USC Trojan. That's Trojan family. He's one of my favorite college players of all time. I remember the 2009 tournament when we lost to Michigan State. I remember that. Him and Taj. But when the moment gets brighter, the lights get brighter, he falters every time with the increased pressure on defense. And shout out to Dylan Brooks, who was phenomenal on that end tonight. And shout out to Jonas Valanciunas, who was made to look like freaking Walt Bellamy tonight. I mean, dominating. He's one of the best post games in the league. Turns over the right shoulders, jump hooks. Jakob Pertl was trying. He had good moments in the game, protecting the rim and being under the basket. But he did get beasted. To be honest, he had 10 and 10, but Jonas had 23 and 23, including five offensive rebounds and a plus 26 plus minus, the highest in the game for anybody on either team. He was spectacular. And you can make an argument that he's been the best player for the Grizzlies this season. Uh, Jaw was all right. Uh, I thought that he played hard. I thought that he missed some shots in the in-between game. He had 20 points on 8 of 20 from the field and 2 of 5 from 3. I just thought that when San Antonio got close, they just couldn't make that crucial shot, whether it was Rudy Gay, whether it was DeRozan in that mid-range area, a lot of one-on-one -on -one ball. You know, they don't have that many elite creators, and the Grizzlies were playing good defense. It was a lot more, you know, good one-on-one -on -one looks, and they just didn't get the shots to go when they were right there. And DeJounte as well. Like, he got into the lane. He just couldn't make the big shots. Rudy Gay had 20 points on 8 of 21. I just, I'm just afraid that... I'm afraid those shots, he, he just had too many solid looks in one-on-one -on -one situations that he should have shot, shot a little better than that, in my opinion. And I think that that cost him. But I think DeRozan, 5 of 21, is the real reason you can look at the Spurs losing. I think that he's the best player. And he needs to be held accountable for playing like that. Um, and by the way, Candace, love you to death, but more players were elite at mid-range in the 90s. So he would just be like everyone else with a weaker mentality. So, and, in the, and the, you have to be mentally tougher in the 90s to play. It's not like today. Um, so, yeah, DeRozan, love him. He ain't all that, bro. And here's the thing. This is the second we bid adieu to the San Antonio Spurs after 20 very, very frustrating years to watch them kick everyone's ass and be a literal championship contender every year. Literally every year they're a championship contender except for 2018 after uh, – after Tony left, or Kawhi left, I should say. No, after Tony left. Can't say after Kawhi left. 
It's very refreshing to see them get their asses kicked. It is. No offense. I don't have any Spurs fans that listen to me as far as I know. So no offense to y'all, but you've had your chances and you've had your time. Uh, it's time to be the whipping boys for a little bit. And I hope that's I, honestly, I mean, when does Pop say, say, when does he walk away? When does he walk away? I don't know. Memphis Grizzlies, my least favorite team in the NBA. Congratulations on the win. Um, I thought Jonas Valanciunas is most obviously the player of the game tonight. I thought that I think Jaron Jackson Jr. shoots too many threes. Uh, I think that he's just falling too in love with that. He shot four threes and he only shot six shots. I know he's coming off an injury, but um, he's better than that. Ten points, four boards, just not not very dominant. But Dylan Brooks was the player of the game. Actually, no, I'm sorry, JV was twenty three and twenty three. 10 of 16, he was phenomenal. But Dylan Brooks was a close second. Great defense, 24 points, 7 boards, and efficient. You know, he usually can be, he can be a chucker sometimes. 10 of 21 from the field, I thought he was exceptional. And I thought my boy, my second favorite college player of all time, the great Kyle Anderson, slow-mo, was really solid as well. He had a really nice four blocks. Four blocks, one of which was a chase-down pin. It was beautiful. Nine points. Big win for the Memphis Grizzlies. They advanced to the final playing game for the second consecutive year. But I'm afraid that I think the Warriors will beat them at the Chase Center to move on. But it's been a successful season for the Grizzlies nonetheless. For the Spurs, see ya. Let's finish it off, though. I'm not going to give the Charlotte Hornets the satisfaction of being talked about because that was one of the most pathetic performances I've ever seen in my life. That was vintage NDA, no defense association, clueless, low IQ, modern basketball with no sense of urgency at all. They don't deserve to be talked about. Let's move on to the Celtics and the Wizards, two dime dropper teams. I watched this game on the flight back last night, and oh boy, I enjoyed it. Uh, the Celtics fans brought the atmosphere. Um, the Celtics brought the intensity, and I think it starts with Kemba Walker. I thought his aggression was very good. I thought that Jason Tatum did a really good job of letting the others get involved. And he did it in a non-LeBron take turns way. He did it in a moving more off the ball way. Finding different looks. What is my main criticism of Jason Tatum in this season? He settles too much. Listen to these statistics. 32 shot attempts. Very Kobe-esque. 12 three-pointers. That means 22s. 17 free throws, and guess how many free throws he missed? Zero. 17 of 17 from the line. Peak aggression by JT. Mid-range area, one-on-one -on -one ball, coming off screens, you name it. And I think that the Wizards did a poor job of failing to adjust. And I'm not surprised because I've been saying fire Scott Brooks since the early days of the season. They didn't double. They did too much. And here's my thing. I'm all for hedge and recover. But... It may have been time for hard trap. The way he was playing, because, dude, this is not a 6'3 guy. This is a 6'10 guy that can score. So he was posting up, doing one-legged fades. He outplayed Beal and uh, Russ. Beal didn't look 100% off that injury. Uh, I thought that he just... Here's my thing with Beal. I think he's a great number two. I think he can score like a number one, but his team's never gonna never be gonna be great. He just lacks this control of games, in my opinion. He doesn't. He lacks what Tatum has. Tatum really takes over games. His body language. Just some players have that. Chris Paul is one of those that has that, and and so does Russ. But Russ just wasn't making shots. You know, he just wasn't making shots. West Brick. And here's the thing: the Celtics stayed home on the shooters. They're gonna force Russ to come into the paint and score. And I think that the the Tristan Thompsons of the world. And Time Lord, before he got injured, prayers up for Time Lord. I hope he's okay. 
did a really good job. I thought Tristan had a really solid game. 12 points, 12 rebounds, 4 of 9. You know, he's battle-tested. Six offensive rebounds. That's a championship starter right there. And he's been really good since the Tice trade, in my opinion. Um, but Kemba Walker stayed aggressive. Uh, I thought Marcus Smart's defense was really solid. But, you know, I think it was the Tatum show. 41 minutes played. 50 points. Are you kidding me? Kobe would be so proud of his of his freaking uh, protege right there. Of his, of his uh, you know, the guy who idolizes him. Because this man, he was just relentless. He was just relentless. And, you know, Jason Tatum, man, he's knocking the door on that top 10 players in the league. He's knocking hard. Banging on that shit. And... The way he played without JB, he led by example. And that's what I'm talking about when the Celtics fans uh, are too soft on Tatum. Too soft. Because I've seen when he's engaged on both ends of the floor. That's another thing. On the defensive end, he was guarding Russ so much. That's championship effort. That's leadership. That's Larry Bird. That's big time. What a performance by JT. And what a performance by Kemba. But Russ, tomorrow, he needs to be better than that. Because, let's look at the line. 20 points, 14 rebounds, a lot of which were... Uh, I'm, I'm going to call them stat-padding rebounds. Sagging off your guys and just standing around for the best position to get a rebound. Um, some of them were legit great rebounds. Like, six of them were not. Uh, five offensive rebounds, though. I like that. That's one thing I love about Russ. He has such great timing on those offensive rebounds. But 20 points, five assists, four turnovers on six of 18. That is not going to cut it. 33% on the road, not going to cut it. Um, Beal, 22 points, 10 of 25, that's 8 points below the average, so that's not going to get it done. I thought Ish Smith and Daniel Gafford were very good. 17 points for Ish, 12 points for Gafford, um, but D Davis Bertans, 33 points, 1 of 8 from the field, 0 of 7 from 3, and we know about Davis Bertans. When he's not hitting threes, he's not good at all, and the Celtics did a good job of staying attached to him off the ball, and there was good amount of contact in this game too, and credit to the Celtics fans because they brought the atmosphere. That's it for me tonight, though, guys. 34 minutes on some diesel shit, Laker style. Ah, what a recap, man. I'm feeling this one. I, I was able, dude, I was not even stuttering on my words in this one. Let me know what you think. Was I, seemed like I was doing six lines of blow or something before this, <laughs> for this recap, because I was, just, I could just keep going, but I'm just enjoying myself finally. I haven't enjoyed myself all season. You guys could tell. You guys could tell. It's been shitty basketball. This is great basketball. This is the playoffs in front of fans, not in a gym in the replica of Disneyland that is an oversized cop-out uh, in Florida. Anyway, that's it for me. Let's go to the live subscribers. Super chats are turned on. Drop a dime and a dollar. We going live tomorrow night following Wizards and Pacers. But I do have work, so if I can't watch the game uh, finish right on time, I'll go live a little later. Um, but yeah, peace out y'all. Super chest turned on 80 people waiting very patiently.